Welcome to season two of Create the Village. After the first season, where we did a deep dive on COVID and its impact on national housing policy, local school districts, the disproportionate impact of the virus on the Black community, among others, we decided to take time off during the summer. We released our last episode of season one on June 4th, and much has happened in 90 days. Now we're at the end of summer and schools have reopened, sort of. Across the country, many rural districts opened, but within days, students, teachers, and staff were quarantined, while some of the nation's more resourced private schools were moving all learning exclusively online. In higher education, many universities with large endowments opted for remote learning or, at a minimum, hybrid learning. While publicly funded universities call students back to campus only to experience clusters of COVID outbreaks in dormitories, fraternity houses, and off-campus student housing. Reflecting on the environment where children, educators, and staff are asked to re-enter these COVID hotspots, I think back to my interview with Dr. Harris Cooper of Duke University that aired on May 7th. Our conversation that day centered on his forecasts of the education system. Within weeks of the pandemic reaching our shores, I asked him whether the move to online and remote learning will yield any winners. Seems like the country loses and we lose. Are there any winners inside of this paradigm? There really, I'm, I'm hard pressed to think of who they would be, but are there any? The winners are the people who have won already. Uh, you know as well as I do, it's perhaps the underlying infrastructure of this whole inequality is income inequality. The rich will get richer and the poor will get poorer. With Create the Village, we hope to bring guests and topics to the table to discuss what happens at the intersection of public policy and community development. We believe community development involves several elements, including affordable and market housing, both rental and ownership, a solid neighborhood schooling strategy, recreation, passive green spaces and organized recreation centers, investments in on-site human capital, that is investments that provide an on-ramp towards upward mobility facilitating economic development, that is by attracting neighborhood scale businesses and fostering opportunities for entrepreneurship, financial and social sustainability, philanthropic alliances that provide support to reinforce some of these investments and strategic government investments, local, state and federal government specifically. Create the Village is without embarrassment or shame, a podcast dedicated to spreading our gospel about community development. I hope you'll continue to join us each week at Create the Village. Here is episode one of season two. On this episode of Create the Village, people now recognize that inequality exists in ways they never envisioned before and are grasping for answers 
as to why that is the case. My name is Egbert Perry. I'm the CEO and founder of The Integral Group, a real estate company that focuses on creating value in cities and rebuilding the fabric of communities. This is Create the Village, a podcast about the intersection of public policy and community development. Each week, Egbert Perry and his longtime collaborator Rick White take a deep dive into one of the competing factors that determine the health of a community. Here's Rick White. I want to ask you to talk about a few things. Like, for instance, why did you decide to do a podcast? A podcast provides an opportunity for communicating to people more directly in a, in a medium that is more conversational, if you will, and therefore easier for people to, to follow. It's a much better medium than, say, reading a book or depending on relying on someone to read a book. And I think the podcast provides a powerful means by which to engage in a continuous conversation so that even though you break it at different points in time, after various episodes, one could go back and relate to it as a long-running dialogue or conversation among the parties, in this case, between the two of us, as we discuss the subject. But why community development and why now is an important discussion. I, I think the, when I think of where we are in society today, a lot has happened that makes a lot more people uh, interested in the subject of community development in ways that they were not engaged before. Recent incidents have triggered that, but a lot of other things. I mean, we've seen a lot of dysfunction in the way in which our communities function, or better yet, don't function. And people have struggled with this for quite a while, and now... There's a struggle, struggle, struggled with what? Give, give me an example. Struggled with why it is that some communities just seem to always lag our rosy expectations of what should happen to people as they live in communities in this country, for example. And why do we have such unequal outcomes or dynamics that play out? whether it's in demographics, whether it's in um, other me tangible measures like income and educational attainment and so on and so forth. Why is that? And some people have a simple answer. It's, it's all about the people being not quite what they could be. And this, this podcast is not speaking to those people. They have other issues that they need to deal with, but as far as what it takes to have a healthy, nurturing community. Uh, that's what this is intended to address. And so community development is a practice or profession by which one tackles that fundamental issue. So when you, when you think forward to the type of guests that you anticipate being um, involved in this over the you know next several months this question's a, probably a bit unfair because we're a little out of order here right we sort of already have launched and now we're now we're starting where we wanted to start originally when you're thinking about the issues you just laid out 
what are the type of guests that you anticipate having on the show in the future? So as listeners are beginning to plan their thinking around the show, what can they anticipate? Um, You know, community development is a very, very broad topic. It's almost as macro as you can get. And because of that, just about any interested party, party that's interested in seeing us have healthy communities, which leads to healthy cities, which leads to a healthy country or healthy state and then health, healthy country, anybody that's interested in that, no matter their geography on the globe, on the planet, could have and should have an interest in the subject. Now, I know that's, that sounds a little self-serving, but the reality is so much of what we struggle with in terms of how we have how we help people achieve their God-given potential is about community development. If you place people in environments that are healthy, nurturing, and so on, we get good outcomes. When you don't do that, we get, if not bad, suboptimal outcomes. And so if you are in the business of public policy, this should matter. If you're a practitioner in the development space, whether community development or just regular commercial real estate development, this should matter. If you are John Q. Public that cares about how your tax dollars are being spent to achieve good outcomes for its, the citizens of the community, this should matter. If you are just a an individual with a heart, which should be just about everybody, then this should matter. And God forbid, if you happen to be a direct practitioner in the field trying to build communities, this absolutely should be a place that you should find a lot of good, fruitful and healthy engagement and and topics of interest. So we'll talk about this a little bit, but it sounds like you're already beginning to draw a distinction between just building buildings and designing community. Yes. Uh, That distinction between the two is a canyon wide. It is as different as night and day are. Because think about it. Real estate development is the development of real estate. It's about putting a structure in place. Community development is about building a community. Now, you can't be very, very much different than that. One is about creating an environment where the measurement for success is not about how many buildings or how nice the buildings are. It's about does this place help to build community? And community has a lot of assets, but an important one is people. And so what are the things, if you are a young mother or father and you have a, a baby coming into the world, you want them living in a nurturing environment. That means that 
Their home life needs to be right. They need to have access to good health care. They need to go, be able to go to great preschool or early learning, a good school, K-12, good healthy environment where they can recreate, not be subjected to things that stunt their growth, etc. All of those things help to define a healthy community. So community is the context in which a development happens or a project happens? That is correct. So real estate is just a physical component of community development. So to make them A or B is as picking apples versus oranges. They're two completely different things. Now, they're both fruit, but that's it. I mean, so they're both professions. And in some respects, community development is clearly, therefore, a much broader lens to look through than commercial real estate, much more narrow, much more focused, and less about people as much as it is about buildings and returns, physical or financial returns, as distinguished from a more macro set of metrics. So I'm going to chase this just a little bit further. So this, what you're describing actually helps to explain why people get lost, confusing the idea that there somehow can't be community if unless there are new buildings. That's not true, right? I mean, you can have community regardless of the age of the buildings. Absolutely. I mean, the fact of the matter is, if you had to have new buildings to have community or community development, then you're really saying that if somebody is poor, they can't be in a community. That, that makes no sense whatsoever. Now, how complete your community development effort is depends on how many of the essential ingredients exist and exist in good fashion in the particular community. So you could run around the list and say, I mentioned a bunch of things earlier, healthcare, housing, education, etc., etc. Obviously, if you take any one of those out of the equation, you're achieving a less than optimal community development outcome. Because if you think those things are essential, you can't afford to be without any of them. And so just having a school doesn't solve the problem. If you want good community development outcomes, you need a high quality school. So if you have a less than high quality school, you're going to have a less than exceptional or high-end community development outcome. So all of these pieces I'm saying are, I'm classifying them as essential and then recognizing that if you mapped what a particular area had, a particular community, if it's missing any of those, that then becomes or should become the target of your community development plan and vision because the objective is to get all of those things in place and working well. So, so now you're transit. It sounds like you're transitioning from a real estate financial discussion into a pu- one of policy, pu- public policy. And 
so I want to go back to something I'd asked earlier is, you know, what is the, when you're thinking about this podcast, is that where you're hoping to take the discussion is into areas of public policy and, and helping to inform the community about uh, these issues or where, where are we going with this? I am, I do not consider myself a policy guy at the exclusion of practice, nor do I consider myself a practitioner at the exclusion of policy, because each one should inform the other. There is no such thing as good policy if it can't be implemented. And there is no such thing as let's just get something done if the something we're doing is in fact fraught with or founded on bad policy. So it is the continued engagement and interaction between policy and practice that for me matters. And it matters more in community development than it does in commercial real estate. Because you are trying to do something that is both hard and soft, as in physical as well as social when you're doing community development, it really does matter more that you're engaged constantly in a policy discussion as you implement the work that you're doing because the metrics you use to determine whether you have a good community development outcome is those metrics are invariably more complex, touch on more disciplines or professions, and therefore have greater policy implications than, than if you are just simply building an apartment building or a retail center or an office building because you cannot afford to exclude the externalities when you're in the community development business. The way outside influences you is much more important and must be considered more than if you are just on corner X putting up a building and that's it. This actually is a great transition to the last question in the section that I want to ask you about. So the listeners are going to know that we've already had a series of, of podcasts that have been launched. And even though we're speaking as if this is the beginning, it's really the end of the beginning, right? We, we actually decided to launch around, not these issues, but around the COVID issue and uh, coronavirus, I think at the time is what we were all referring to it as early on and jumping into that subject, even though you're not a medical expert or anything else, but it relates to what you just said. Why, why did we decide to jump into that issue and concerns that we were facing back in February, I think is when we made this decision? Well, I, you know, for me, that was kind of uh, easy to answer because it's obvious. I mean, people were dying. And when you're dealing with death, then it's a much more, let's say you can get people's attention more easily. And so you can make your points. Nobody wants to see their fellow citizen dropping dead. So the question is, what was going on and why? And, you know, the, there are a lot of bad things about what happened over the last few months with, with COVID-19 and continue to happen. Uh, one of the few good things that happened is 
people now recognize that inequities or inequality exists in ways they never envisioned before and are grasping for answers as to why that is the case. Um, I have often said about our company, we were urban, and that's changed over the years, over the 28 years or so we've been in business, but I used to say we're, we were urban before it was popular and stylish to be urban. Well, I can equally say we were in the community development business before it was popular and stylish to be in the community development business. Because now everyone is talking about community development when it was really a profession or a practice that people either didn't understand or some of those that understood it marginalized it or viewed it as something less than real work because it was not big grand buildings that could be on the front page of magazines. They were communities and, you know, it's buildings and people and a lot of stuff that was not as easy to show as a shiny object. But here we are today and people started where they started because they had a very measurable outcome that they could look at to determine whether we had problems or whether things were generally working or not working. And that is people are dying and more of a certain kind of people are dying than others. And why is that? Is there some fundamental reason or thing that we're missing? And that's why people are now engaged late but at least they're engaged and better late than never. So right now, we just have a few seconds before we need to finish this up, but right now there's a lot going on in this country since um, we, we first launched this podcast. Things that ha weren't in place, I believe, uh, other than the COVID issue. I mean, we've got what's happening in the streets, the economy is collapsing, you got the COVID health crisis that continues to uh, seemingly only get worse. What, if you had to predict where we are a year from now, what's your, what's your thinking on that? I think a lot of people will have tried a lot of things with mixed results. So you'll have some people that are very frustrated about how little progress was made after this great awakening. But there will be some few wins that people can point to. You see, we're, we're very good about treating the symptoms and not the real, real disease. And so there's a lot of that going on right now. Access to poor healthcare is a symptom of a bigger problem. Now you need to fix it, you need to address it, but on, you have to understand that you're working downstream and that the communities that limit access to healthcare is part of a problem. And so you're still right back to how do we change how we build community? Otherwise, getting access to healthcare in situation X doesn't change our way of approaching problem solving for the long term. It means we're solving problems for the conditions that exist today, but we are 
steadily producing more of those conditions as we speak. So by not, I, by not being smart in the community development space. That's right. We're not doing it on the front end. So we're creating problems on the back end and we're now attacking those problems that exist on the back end without fundamentally dealing with the, the front end or underlying reasons why we constantly go down this road and create these bad situations that need to be cured. Okay. So I think it'll be a mixed bag as in, the, as is the case with everything, you know, you'll, you'll have some successes, you'll have some failures and you'll have some things in the middle, but people will be, some people, a lot of people will be frustrated about the limited progress if we're not engaged in the right conversations at the right level. So when you look at 2020 and you look at all that's going on, do you think that this is a major change in direction or is it just more of the same and it's just that the issues are more complicated, but is this a real shift that we're, that we're experiencing in our economic realities, our social realities, or is this just more of the same? I think there is a bigger shift in our social realities. There is no question that a lot of people have been awakened to the disparities, the inequities that are drawn along racial lines. And in a country where race was used to determine economics, that means that by understanding that you can do a better connection between race and economic conditions today by group. So you can understand why some groups are in certain economic situations. Now the question is, are we prepared to change enough in our system in our economic system to deal with the reality that we just discovered. I mean, some of us just discovered, and I don't think so. And so I'm not as optimistic that the changing out some of the tougher or solving some of the bigger problems will, will actually happen at the scale that they need to happen. Next time on Create the Village. Our mantra, which we came up with almost immediately was, we were going to do well while doing good. Create the Village is produced by Rick White, directed and edited by Brennan Robison. Create the Village is a production of The Integral Group, LLC. Copyright The Integral Group, 2020.